Welcome to the Save Your Marriage podcast, dedicated to all the men and women out there who are going through marital problems and want to save their marriages. Here, we give you tools, perspectives, and insight into how to save your marriage and have a thriving marriage. This podcast is sponsored by The Fortified Spouse. And now, here's your host, Arturo Henriquez. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode. Thank you very much for listening. I just want to invite all the men and women out there to book a private, complimentary call with me. We will talk about your particular situation in private and give you lots of guidance and put you on the path to restoring and saving your marriage. Just go to www.fortifiedspouse.com forward slash call. That's C-A-L-L. So saving your marriage during the holidays is sometimes kind of difficult, especially on Valentine's Day and Thanksgiving, Christmas, the New Year, among other holidays, right? And I remember a couple that, that, that I talked to, and David was crying out, die, Cupid, die, because he was frustrated. And his wife was proclaiming, there's no chemistry here. I don't have those feelings for you. Now, let me be clear. Dave was not in disagreement. He said he wasn't feeling all gushy either, but his solution and his wife's solutions were a radical departure from each other. Dave wanted to work on the marriage, rebuild their connection, and re-spark the flame. His wife, Sue, wanted to divorce. Sue reasoned that if you don't feel that way, there's nothing you can do. You either feel it or you don't. If you don't, then you need to get out. What happened to that feeling? Why did it disappear? And can it come back? Dave was working hard to save his marriage. Sue was working hard to end her marriage. Neither seemed too interested in the questions I was pondering. And ponder with me for a few minutes. Why are we so preoccupied with those feelings of attraction? Is it built into our DNA or is it rather recent issue? And my answer is both. We are wired for this attraction. It is certainly a wonderful method of making sure that there are future generations. We know that the drive to have sex is rooted very deeply in our brains at the most primitive level. This is the reason that we see such reckless behavior that is motivated by sexual attraction and desire. People put their lives, their health, their jobs, their relationships, and anything else on the line in pursuit of that desire. But romance and how important it has become, that is a rather recent phenomenon. Families have been a part of human existence from the beginning. Living together in a unit was a method of survival. Relationships that started as sexual attraction developed into units of preservation, nurturing and protecting children and adults. The emphasis on romance as the basis of the marital relationship, though, is much more recent. You see, once survival was less the issue, other goals came into view. Feeling connected, relating in loving ways, and sharing of lives became more important. When a family is focused on surviving, getting nourishment, staying warm, and avoiding predators, there is little room for a couple to have long relationship talks about how are we doing. The focus is survival. Maslow's hierarchy of needs verifies this. We have to have our basic needs met before we can be bothered 
with higher levels of relating and meaning. For many of us, those basic levels of survivals have been met. This allows us for another higher level of relating. But higher levels of relating are often corrupted and cheapened by humans. We humans tend to overshoot potentials and often strip the deeper meaning for a quick fix. Let's take an example, self-esteem. Originally, self-esteem was a notion of feeling good about doing good. In other words, self-esteem was feeling positive about taking positive action. Along the way, we forgot the second half. Self-esteem became feeling good about oneself. Over time, this became more and more divorced from actions. It was just about having a feeling. This is, you will note, a very short step from being narcissistic. Feeling good about yourself regardless of your actions or inactions and seeing yourself as being superior to others, yet research has shown that self-esteem, as culture now defines it, has nothing to do with life success, higher earnings, or any other positive life indicator. In fact, research has demonstrated that juvenile delinquents have a higher than average level of self-esteem. I would take that to mean that there may actually be a negative association, not a positive one. Which brings me to the notion of romance. Recent times have brought more and more of an emphasis on the importance of the feeling. The feeling associated with romance have long been there, you know, tied back to that whole sexual attraction wiring. My very wise grandmother several times remarked, chemistry is not a big deal in marriage unless it isn't there. In other words, that feeling of attraction when it is in a good place in a marriage is not the measuring stick of how a marriage is going. But if it is not there, it can be extremely painful. And let's add some fuel to the fire and corrupt what should be a healthy, nurturing aspect to a marriage. Because we live in a culture that inundates us with messages, romantic movies where the romance is always there, books with the same premise, songs that emphasize this one facet of love, the marketing of Valentine's Day as the penultimate expression of romance with flowers, jewelry, dinners, you know, lubricated fun at the end. Unfortunately, as it usually is the case, when merchants and marketers get their grips on it, reality vanishes and fantasy is substituted. See, reality is a couple that is overwhelmed with a house, children, bills, work, including 24-7 connection to email, messaging, and phone calls, and guilt over the undone things, eating well, exercising, reading, etc., 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 should it be any surprise that the typical couple loses touch with that romantic side of life? Is it a mystery that a couple might stop feeling that gushy feeling of attraction? Absolutely not. It is dangerous and counterproductive, but rather expected, unfortunately. As one woman so poignantly told me, I thought we had just placed our marriage on pause. After the kids at work, we would get back to us. But instead, he thought it meant we were done. See, relationships don't go on pause. Marriages cannot be set aside, expecting the relationship to be all right when both decide to return. 
It is like not exercising a muscle for years and being surprised to one day notice the muscle has atrophied and is weak. Relationships are either growing or they are atrophying. There is no pause. At the same time, thanks to the cultural messages that we all receive, the overemphasis on romance and romantic feelings causes people to believe that if the feelings are absent, the marriage is over. Can a marriage survive without those feelings of connection? As those family units of long ago demonstrated, survival is possible, but thriving is not. The real question is, can those feelings return to a marriage that has been allowed to decline? And the answer is absolutely. Dr. Bob Kuzenga notes that when one spouse requests more romance or more sexiness, it comes from a place of neediness of the one making the request. Men are often urged to be more romantic. Women are often urged to be more sexy. But the one doing the urging is doing so from a place of neediness. I need you to be more romantic. I need you to be more sexy. It's not about a shift in the relationship, but an attempt to get a hit of something, kind of like a drug. In fact, very much like a drug. Now, there is a difference between adrenaline connection and endorphin attraction. Adrenaline connection is that type of attraction experienced at the beginning of a relationship. It is the gushy, you know, butterflies in the stomach, I can't stand to be apart feeling that happens in the early stages of a relationship. And it is the feeling that Hollywood has sold us as the indicator of one, a true relationship, and two, an ever-present feature of a good relationship. Unfortunately, sustaining that level of connection is impossible. Our neural system develops a tolerance for the adrenaline, just like a drug, and the feelings subside. This can feel like a disaster if someone does not expect this. Sometimes people take this as a sign that the relationship was not meant to be, yet it is a normal stage of development. Adrenaline connection is all about what am I getting out of this? It is a desire for me to feel that gushy feeling. It is a desire for me to get that hit of adrenaline dopamine. Now, endorphin connection is the connection of a maturing relationship. It is based in acting lovingly towards a spouse. It is based in what can I put into this relationship? How can I show love? It is not about neediness, but expressing love and commitment. From that, the feelings of connection grow and mature. Do you see the shift? Instead of going after that maturing endorphin-based connection, we elevate the adrenaline-based connection that is unsustainable. We built an entire holiday and industry on that idea, which is Valentine's Day. And of course, this now resonates through pretty much every other holiday that is celebrated and is important because it's meant to be with people that you love, people that you are connected with, which begets the question, how do you respond to the holidays when you're trying to save your marriage? Well, first, don't get suckered into the cultural messaging. Marriages do not perish or revive around one moment of romance. While I am all for building feelings of connection and love, 
I do not believe you can jumpstart a hurting relationship by making a grand romantic or sexy gesture. Second, you don't have to ignore the holiday either. Your spouse is noticing, so you want to do something that expresses your love and commitment. A simple arrangement of flowers with a note of appreciation for the love you have shared over the, you know, the years can be a way of demonstrating love, honoring the holiday, and building some connection, or just showing up and being around. Third, never fall for the romantic getaway, the big relationship talk, or romantic gestures as the way to win him or her back. It works in the movies, but they have a predefined script that they have to follow. It does not or will rarely work in real life. And fourth, change the equation in your head. Look for how to put love into the relationship, not how to make things romantic, hoping it will bring love back. The endorphin connection is created by loving acts. It builds and strengthens as a couple acts in loving ways towards each other. So do that. Put love into the relationship. So back to Sue and David. What happened to Sue and David? In a unilateral move, Dave continued to focus on acting in loving ways. He didn't try to win Sue over. He simply kept being loving, showing his commitment to the relationship. At that point, Dave would tell you that he was acting on his commitment, not on an abundance of feelings of romance. At first, Sue was resistant. She simply did not trust Dave's actions. For a while, Sue was constantly on guard trying to guess what was motivating Dave. She simply could not understand the reasons for his actions. And then a funny thing happened to Dave as he continued to stick with his plan he fell in love with his wife all over again. He remembered what first attracted him to her, and that gave him the courage to keep going, to stick it out. And one day, Sue began to feel some connection. She smiled a bit more, was less snappy and defensive. It became easier for Dave to keep moving on, moving ahead. Sue began to make some simple gestures. As it turns out, their love had not died. It was simply in hibernation. Some warmth from both was all it took to bring it out of hibernation. So during the holidays, look for that warmth. Put time into the relationship. And hopefully slowly but surely, the love that you guys once had that right now is in critical shape, that is in hibernation, will start to evolve, will start to come out. And during the holidays, even if it's harder, that warmth may be the spark that rekindles your marriage. Thank you for listening. Now, I want to introduce you to the Fortified Spouse Program that has helped thousands of women and men just like you save their marriages with an 85% success rate. It is based on four fundamental pillars, one, gain the tools to reconnect with your spouse. Two, understand the differences between men and women so we can appreciate and be more empathetic with our spouse. 
Three, learn how to gain inner confidence so we are no longer codependent on our spouse. And four, deal with our insecurities and triggers so we are more emotionally in control and not as easily triggered. If you're interested in learning more about these tools to immediately stabilize the marriage and postpone and delay the divorce or separation or win your spouse back from an affair, then go to www.fortifiedspouse.com and enroll in the program. It is going to change your life. It is going to make you the best version of you, and it has the highest probability of saving your marriage. You have been listening to the Save Your Marriage podcast for men and women. For further information, visit The Fortified Spouse at www.fortifiedspouse.com. Thank you.